All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ninth episode of the Fit Smart Podcast. Uh, I'm Raj Law, half of your co-host, and the other half is the wonderful J.C. Dean. And, <laughs> and today we have a special treat for you, even more special than usual. Um, we have <clears throat> the group training director of men's fitness and muscle and fitness, Sean Heisen, here today of SeanHeisen.com. And today we are going to cover a, you know, often talked about subject in the fitness world these days, um, but I don't think it's really been covered in depth in any kind of audio format. So we're going to be talking about car backloading. And uh, Sean is a bit of an expert on the on the subject as something that he's been um, using himself for, for quite some time right now. So Definitely want to go into more detail about that and just share as much knowledge as we can on the subject with all the listeners out there. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys, for having me. I'm happy to talk about it. We're super glad to have you here. And I don't know how I first heard about car backloading. I think I may have read something on Dangerously Hardcore. Sean, is that how you originally found out about it, or what's your story? Uh, You know, it's kind of through the fitness grapevine. There's a powerlifter, Jason Pegg. He's on uh, the Elite FTS site a lot. And I think he started working with this guy, Kiefer, about two years ago. And he told a colleague of mine at the magazines, and then he told me and kind of found out about Kiefer through Jason Pegg. And this guy and I got interested in uh, some of the stuff he was doing and read some of his articles on the web and on his website. And he was telling us about car backloading, and it just sounded way too good to be true. He was talking about eating... (laughs) you know, pizzas and ice cream at night and, and waking up the next morning looking leaner in the mirror and, and getting stronger at the same time. And it just was so amazing and so out there that not only did we want to write about it because it makes sense from a magazine perspective, it would sell a lot of copies, but we also wanted to try it ourselves. And I started experimenting with it and just, I, just I'm still floored by how fast I got results and how easy it was. Cool. So, so whenever you say uh, you got results really quickly, what what was different from this approach to, to say, a conventional dieting method? Like, why do you think the results were much better? And for yourself, w- was it easier to adhere to, or was it just more enjoyable? Did it feel like you were dieting? What is your take on that? Well, I really broke my kind of mental dependence on carbs. I'd always, you know, I'd come from the school that a lot of you know bodybuilder and you know, weightlifter guys come from, which is that you have to have carbs at all times. You have to have them before a workout to have energy. And you know, one of the first things Kiefer told us is just, you know, get rid of carbs before you work out. And no matter what time of day you train, just don't eat any beforehand. Your energy will actually be up. And I found that sure enough, it was. I was just much more clear-headed going into workouts. And, you know, what they call the sympathetic nervous system was firing an overdrive. That's your, your fight-or-flight uh, mechanism. And it's just this state of mental sharpness and acuity that tends to be dampened when you eat a lot of carbs and you get an insulin spike. So if you go into your training sessions, you know, with the sympathetic nervous system fired up, you're going to be able to uh, focus on your workouts, have more intensity and possibly even lift heavier weights, just be able to recruit the muscle fibers better. So I started, uh, I cut out carbs before workouts. I started eating them a boatload of them after workouts for recovery and just within like two weeks, I uh, I noticed the scale was up, but I was my weight of scale was up, but I was leaner in the mirror. I had abs popping out for the first time in a in a while, so it was a remarkable transformation. Yeah, now now that that's like that's super interesting to me, just because I think that, and you kind of hit on it before that a lot of people 
you know, either one way or another, they have they have some feelings about carbs. Like they're either usually in one camp where they're like, nope, carbs are carbs are the devil. I can't I can't eat those ever. Or they're in the the camp that's like, you need them for energy. You need them all the time. If you go to sleep without carbs, if you wake up without thinking about carbs, you're not gonna you know re- achieve optimal results. So right. one of the th- yeah, one of the things I wanted to to ask you was just kind of what your your eating and and training was like before you know, you started experimenting with this? Uh, it was pretty, pretty standard bodybuilding stuff. I mean, you know, I, I experimented with carb back, uh, sorry, uh, carb cycling, which is what I had uh, done for my transformation two years ago with Jason Ferrugia. But basically it was, it was, you know, most of the carbs in the early part of the day, like most guys do, I, I would get up and have, you know, oatmeal with some fruit and protein, eggs, whatever, and then kind of scale off the, you know, scale back the carbs as the day went on. And it was all wholesome foods. You know, I would try to get as much real food in as possible. It didn't, you know, junk food was definitely not something that I, you know, tried to make a part of my life. And uh, and that's all well and good. I think that's a good way to go about it. And it certainly has worked for a lot of people. But it's uh, it definitely requires more discipline. And it's more of a regimented approach than I think you need to take. And with Kiefer's approach, I just learned that you can get away with a lot more, a lot more junk food. And you can have a much more liberal, you know, eating schedule and menu if you if you just learn to cut out the carbs before training and then eat a lot of them at night and it, it's funny, i don't know if you how much of the science you want to get into about it but basically the idea is that when you wake up in the morning your your body is a fat burning furnace you're already burning body fat at an accelerated rate as soon as you eat carbs anything more than 30 grams you get enough of an insulin pop that you're going to shut down that process for hours after you really cripple your fat burning if you introduce carbs earlier in the day so you kind of wait till your cortisol levels, which we all know are higher in the morning, mm-hmm. and they drop off. Later in the day, you can handle carbs better without storing them for body fat. And then resistance training, when you lift weights, that increases your carb sensitivity. So a lot of people say, oh, you know, you, you eat the carbs in the morning because you're more insulin sensitive in the morning. And that's true, but if you train with weights later in the day, you get that insulin sensitivity back, and you're going to store the carbs you eat in your muscles better. So that's kind of a, a nut graph of how the whole thing works. Cool. I think it's interesting you said that because uh, I think a lot of times people get in that that rigid mindset. I like how you kind of go into the science because you know before any of like intermittent fasting or any of this stuff became popular, it was widely held that you know you needed to eat carbs all day long, and then and then as you you know were getting ready to go to bed and everything, you kind of needed to taper off, so none of that would be stored as fat. And I think it's cool how you how you mentioned that you tried to like eliminate, you know, junk food and, and some of this other stuff uh, that you were eating, but you actually found that you were kind of once, you know, science lined up and you're like, oh, well, other people are getting results. Maybe I'll go ahead and give this a, this a try. Was there anything initially where you, were you like kind of freaked out about like giving it a go in terms of like eating a pizza before you go to bed or eating donuts? Did, did that type, did that kind of like freak you out at first or? Yeah. Well, of course, when you're told that, that you not only could, but you should eat, you know, pizzas and ice cream. And that's what Kiefer recommended. You know, I was at the same reservations any, you know, sane health kind of person would have, which is like, you know, is this going to kill me? Am I going to have, you know, cholesterol off the charts? And and basically he said no. And he's had his clients you know, have blood work done and, and it always comes back clean. And he and I still aren't really sure why that is, why we're able to get away with it. But I think that there's something to be said for, if you're going most of the day, the daylight hours, of eating, you know, protein and, and fat. That's basically your, your meals in the beginning because if you can't eat carbs, you're eating a lot of, sure. you know, meat and uh, fish and avocados and, 
uh, you know, it's more, more just, you know, there's no carbs to shuttle anything into your muscles. You're going to be burning, you know, fat the whole day long. And so that's going to, that's just a healthy state to be in. And your blood, all the uh, blood cholesterol, all that is going to level out. And then if we feed that stuff at night in the post-workout period, you know, after heavy training, it's only going to go to the right places. You, the sugar is going to go to the, your muscles. You're not going to be able to store fat for a while afterward because, you know, you're, you're so depleted. You've got to send all that stuff into the muscles. So that's kind of the way it works. And it just, you know, I had reservations that at first I, I didn't want to eat like that. And I found that only when I did start eating like that did I really accelerate gains. So it's not just like junk food is a, is a possibility. In some cases, it, it should be a priority for you. Cool. So when you say that, see, like something I do with a lot of my clients Especially on training days, I'm I'm really carb heavy and and uh, low on fat. So how do you guys view in like in terms of eating fat? I know like I I tend to keep fat low, primarily from a standpoint of if I have somebody in a caloric surplus, I don't want those excess fat calories basically being stored easily because it's harder for the body to convert protein and carbs into fat. So how do you, what's your guys' view on that in terms of, do you have like a certain fat intake that you try to stay under or do you just say to hell with it and, and eat whatever you want? Yeah, I was the same way for a while, but Kiefer's philosophy on that is basically say to hell with it. I mean, you're going to, you have to eat protein with fat. That's the combination he wants for the early part of the day. And then at night, the carbs come in, but you don't necessarily taper back the fat either. I mean, you've got to get a certain number of carbs. You know, generally, you aim for about two grams per pound of body weight. But invariably, there's going to be some fat that comes with that. So it's not like you're just sitting down and, and eating, you know, sweet potatoes or oatmeal, trying to keep the fat out. <laughs> um, you know, it's it basically everything is is done with uh, done through the mirror, and that's the only real telltale you need anyway. So if you wake up the next morning and you're bloated and you feel lousy, you know you overdid it. So Kiefer would just have you, you know, tail back a little bit the next time on what you ate in general. But he doesn't specifically say to cut out any one macronutrient or follow any particular meal plan. Cool. I think that's awesome because I know that sometimes um, I, I, I tend to eat a lot of the same foods and it's mainly just because it's really convenient and I don't really get bored of stuff. But every once in a while I get a craving for uh, like a pizza or you know something super duper carb heavy and something out of the norm. I can really resonate with that because I'll tend to eat that, that food later at night and just because it's an end of the day, I'm winding down and I'm like, well... You know, a pizza really sounds good, so I'll I'll go down and get like a large pizza, and uh, and like I'll just I'll stuff my face, and then the next morning, nine times out of ten, as long as I didn't drink excessively or something that same night, I'm usually visibly drier. So I can totally relate to what you're saying. Yeah, and I you know again the, the science is it's kind of fuzzy, and and I and still have a hard time believing it myself. But <laughs> you, you'll probably find that if you were eating like that consistently you still wouldn't be able to gain weight. I mean, Kiefer Marcus is a, a mass gain strategy, and I've found for myself and for a lot of other people I know that the mass gain, you know, muscle gain actually comes kind of slower with this than if you were eating carbs all day because your body just, just wants to stay lean. When you eat all that stuff at night, you absorb it so easily, you can't like gain fat at all, and, and muscle is kind of hard as well because it just your body just takes it up. I mean... It's it's a great uh, just a great protocol. If you want to gain size with it, I think you have to really really be dedicated to eating a ton of carbs at night and even maybe earlier in the day. Yeah, it's, it seems like a really good uh, way to either keep stay lean or get a bit leaner. Just because if you're if you're maintaining, you know, a big chunk of your carbs in the evening, 
unless you're unless you're really setting the clock and trying to put in a ton of work on like all right it's i trained i have like six meals planned out i'm going to eat big it's hard to get in enough calories to really put on a lot of mass right. in, that, in that short amount of time so now i was curious about if you had to make any tweaks when you initially started out or was it pretty much as soon as you started out it was easily you were just getting locked in and the results were just you know two weeks later boom you were just yeah it's such an easy program you don't have to do it really by the numbers i mean keeper lays out exactly in the book how you should do it and he wants you to start with it's usually a five to ten day uh depletion phase where you go no carb just like keep your carbs at around zero for about a week or more. Just you, you heighten your sensitivity to them when you do eat them later on. A lot of guys skip that. I skip that in the beginning because, you know, we're lazy. We don't feel like going that low with our carbs. Just <laughs> want to get right into the eating of, of pizzas. So, and that didn't, didn't matter. I still saw results quickly. And then when I, you know, months later I went back and I did it properly, I did the recalibration. I, I saw there was a lot of value to that too. But I think in the beginning, you know, you can, you don't have to do the recalibration in the very beginning if you don't want. Um, just don't be afraid to eat at night and don't be afraid to eat a lot of, of carbs at night. And like I said, if you really want to gain muscle size with it, you've got to be like any other kind of mass gain program. You've got to be really vigilant about eating a lot and, uh, and getting those carbs in when you have the chance. And I'll just, if I could just segue into a quick story. I talked to Arnold Schwarzenegger on the phone last week, one of the highlights of my life. And he actually, I found it. He actually asked me a question about car backloading because he heard about my blog and seen it, and I was very honored and thrilled, of course. And he said to me that when he and Franco Colombo back in the day would train, they would go to the House of Pies in Santa Monica at night, and they would eat like pie at night. And he would sometimes wonder why the next morning he'd wake up and he was lean and it didn't throw off his diet and he didn't gain fat. So we were discussing that, you know, this car backloading, that, that terminology is, is new, but the, the general idea you know, has been around for you know, probably as long as bodybuilding itself. It's not like some crazy new thing. It does work. And sometimes, you know, guys stumble upon it and you know, they just don't fully appreciate the wisdom. Oh, Matt, that's, that's a great story. Arnold calling you talking about, uh, no, his experience is like that. <laughs> did he did he tell you what his favorite uh, flavor of ice cream at all was? Or <laughs> well, he did he did mention that that he and Franco like the cherry pies. That's what they ate a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Now now, do you have a now? Like you were saying initially, when you're setting it up, it's very easy to jump into. Now, did do they? You know, does Kiefer advise any kind of macro or calorie counting, or is it just follow these rules and nine times out of 10, you'll land in a good spot. He likes to get at least a gram of protein per pound of body weight a day. No surprise there. Uh, and then, like I said, the carbs, it's about two grams per pound, but that is scalable. You have to see how you react to it. Some guys don't handle carbs so well. Other guys handle them really well. And then with fat, there's no real guideline. You just kind of go by feel. Uh, but again, like the, the basic menu is, you're eating protein and fat foods all day. So that could be bacon and eggs for breakfast. could be chicken and, you know, avocado or a salad with uh, olive oil and vinegar for lunch. Your protein shake later in the day. And then you train, come back, have a shake, and then just go into it. You want to start pounding, you know, white potatoes, sushi rice. Uh, sushi rolls would be a really good choice, actually. Uh, milkshakes, ice cream, and so forth. You just don't want to have any of those carbs until 
roughly 4 to 6 p.m. or or after you train. If you have to train in the morning, then you can have a small shot of carbs right after the workout, like 30 to 40 grams. And then later, then you start eating uh, protein and fat again for the rest of the day. And then at night, you come back and have more of a traditional backload. So those are the two basic approaches he gives. I like how it's adaptable because I know, like, I have have a lot of people who – insist that you know i have to train in the morning that definitely is is good that you have that option if you want to still employ the method would you say that results are favorable if you train in the afternoon or would you say they're they're about the same just as long as you stick to the guidelines well he has said that the optimal situation is to train in the evening and then do a big backload but you know working the job that i work i've mostly trained in the mornings before work and you know i found that i can eat an ungodly amount of horrific food at night, and I don't actually have any real uh, ill effects from it. So, I would say that uh, you know the morning training is is almost as good. Um, but you know, I'm I'm pretty good about carbs. I I seem to handle them pretty well, better than a lot of other people. So maybe it's individual, but it's definitely worth uh, experimenting with. And uh, you know, it, it, the worst case scenario for people is you just they, they can't get away with a ton of junk food, but it's still easier on their lifestyle because you don't have to pack. You know, a bunch of meals in advance. You can hit fast food on the way home. You're not going to get fat from it. You know, just uh, you might have to rein in the calories or the, the carbs a little bit at night, but, but stick with that schedule. And, you know, it's pretty conducive to a busy lifestyle. Cool. When you were experimenting, I think it's cool that you said that eating in the afternoon, you, didn't you say there was like, you said it was two grams per pound of body weight for carbs? Yeah. Do you? And I know you said that you handle carbs uh, pretty well. Do, have you been pushing that number, or are you are you sticking around that number just for for safety? I'm trying to push it. I, I have not been uh, good about writing it down and really hitting a specific sure. number. You know, because I never know quite what I'm going to get out of work or what the night's going to have for me. Uh, should be a little bit more disciplined about that than I am. But yeah, I've been trying to push it just to see what would happen. See if I I can gain fat with this. And I, I found in the past when I've kind of cycle backloading off and on that only when I eat carbs earlier in the day that I'm supposed to, like, you know, morning or early afternoon. And even then, like they have to be pretty sugary glycemic sources. Only then do I seem to you know put on any real body fat from it. And if I really stick to the schedule, I can eat almost anything at night and I wake up the next morning looking the exact same. That's cool. I can I can really relate to what you're saying because I tend to handle carbs really really well too. And every once in a while, I'll log my calories for a day just just because I'm curious. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, just a regular normal day, um, training and working with clients and stuff, and and you know it's nothing for me to throw down like 450 carbs in a day just depending upon my on my food choices. And so that's why I wondered if you if you've had to push it very much because. I mean, I'm I'm five eight and 185 pounds, and so I can only imagine for somebody that's over six foot and and weighs over 200 pounds, if if they, you know, did well with carbs, how how much food they would have to stuff themselves to see like a negative effect. But so it's cool to hear your yeah. The, uh, the, the bigger you are and the more muscle you carry, the more you can get away with. And he says that in the book that you can, you know, some of the, some of the bigger you know football player clients or bodybuilder clients he has, like he'll he'll specifically. You know, prescribe them in a meal plan. You go to Wendy's. You know, eat two number twos <laughs> off the, the value menu or whatever, and just you know, pound a milkshake all night. You know, if it's somebody on the smaller side, if this is like a housewife who just wants to get in you know better shape, obviously her pro- approach is going to be much more oh, yeah. uh, you know strict and and less dramatic than that. But the same principles apply. 
And, and then one other thing I'll say about this is there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of the critics say that you know, it's ultimately it's calories in, calories out, and you know if the number of carbs you're eating in a day is is less than uh, you know was last week, you're gonna you know lose fat from that. It's just a matter of numbers. But I really don't think that's the case. Like I said, if you eat carbs earlier in the day, whether it's cortisol or, or whatever, hormonally in your body, I don't think that you can deal with them nearly as well as if you do it at night. And that, that this is a, the, kind of the same science that's in uh, Michael Keck's uh, modified warrior diet and Jason Faruga's renegade diet, uh, Martin Birkin's lean gains approach. All these guys seem to be riffing off the same kind of general idea, which is push the carbs into the evening. And in that case, I don't think it's a matter of calories in, calories out. It's it's there's a specific time of day that your body is just better tuned to uh, absorb these carbs and put them in the right place. Yeah, I've I've definitely found that to to be true in my own training as well. Because like you were mentioning earlier, you know myself, I'm training a lot more often in the morning or maybe in the early afternoon, like maybe ten or eleven. So I don't eat much prior to that. So essentially. Post workout is when all of the carbs are coming in. If if you know, depending on the day, so it's just a better environment for for the carbs to come into as opposed to to prior to training or if you're not really that active that day. Um, right. Now, given given you like you were saying earlier, it all depends on what you're doing, how you're train, when you can train, and when you can eat or what ha- what not. Could you take us through just a, a day in the life of kind of how you're training? Um, what results you've seen strength-wise on the program? Because I know you know your physique is in, physique has improved dramatically. So I just wanted to hear your take on that. Yeah, I mean my my strength has increased steadily. I don't know if that's necessarily because of the backloading of the program I was doing. Uh, I wouldn't say I had any kind of mind-blowing gains, as in like I started backloading and then you know a week later my I put twenty pounds on my max. It's just it didn't hurt me at all, and I, that was my first concern was when I started backloading and not eating carbs beforehand, I was afraid that immediately I was going to feel lethargic in the gym or my strength would be down and nothing could be further from the truth. So that's, that's a big take home point with this program in general. And yeah, I just, I started seeing abs again, like two weeks into it when I first tried it. And then when I went back months later and I did the recalibration, you know, and within like 10 days, zero carb, I really leaned out fast. And I, then I found I could eat pretty much anything at night and I was good to go. And, um, and you know, for most of have always come slowly to me in general. I just genetically, that's my, uh, my lot in life, unfortunately, but I, uh, I found that with this, I, what I do gain seems to be pure muscle. And while it, you know, may come slower than if I was eating a ton of carbs all day long, like a lot of guys who want to pack on mass, you know, I much more appreciate the fact that it's, you know, it's quality weight that I put on and, you know, maybe it's just a pound or two a month, but, uh, you know, that's better than, than having a, end up with a big belly and then chisel that down later on (laughs) definitely now now can you can you take us through just your day as an editor and kind of what what that entails because we had jen sinkler on as well and it would be good to get your perspective on on that yeah i mean it's it's a great job i mean i've uh I've always been interested in, in fitness and, and writing and telling stories and explaining things to people simply. So this is a good fit for me. I, and I worked at Men's Fitness and Muscle and Fitness. I've also worked at Muscle Fitness Hers in the past and a UFC magazine. And basically what I do now is I talk to experts like yourselves, talk to trainers and nutritionists, and I, I get you know, I find out whatever they're working on, what their, their new theories are and whatever's working for their clients. And uh, I find a way to, to package that for the mainstream and, you know, sell new diets and new training programs, new ideas, 
And you know, a lot of my job is being on the phone with guys like you or emailing back and forth and finding out what's new. And occasionally I get to write stories about, uh, you know, legends in our industry like Arnold. And I'm writing a story about the uh, UFC champion Randy Couture this week. And it's great. I get to do some traveling and meet these guys, go to their gyms. It's a lot of fun. Nice. Now, like you, and you've, you've done a lot, like you said, you've done a lot of traveling and you've been working on a, a variety of projects, but you know, I was, I also know that you were doing things in terms of just for the magazines, like supervising shoots and like photo shoots and, and video recording and things like that. How did, how did that process go? Was it as, as hellish as it sounds? You were saying it was like 12 months of, uh, like a workout program for mensfitness.com. And it was, Oh, was that our year long workout program? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So occasionally, I mean, every, every month, you know, you see, you flip through a fitness magazine and you see that there's usually a half naked shirtless model, you know, modeling the, uh, the workout moves. So I have the privilege of going on those shoots and directing them and telling the guys how to, you know, bend over properly for a bend over row and squat and all that. And, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not really the, the high point of the job. <laughs> yeah, we did something called the year-long workout, which is uh, we had a new installment up on the website every month. So, you know, what you do then in that case is maybe it's like a, a blitzkrieg two-week shoot where you, you shoot a model doing a bunch of different workouts, and then you can put them up a piece at a time over the next few months. Nice. But, yeah, I, I'd rather be, uh, rather be instructing half-naked female models on their exercise forms and <laughs> men that doesn't do anything for me nope just especially not the bent over row just, <laughs> no, just yeah it's just, funny how my mind just went to that immediately huh? <laughs> <laughs> i've been doing this too long <laughs> well cool that it sounds uh it sounds pretty eventful would you say that your days are, are typically long are you are you normally getting into the office at like six or seven in the morning and not leaving till, till six or seven at night or, or is it just kind of very, uh, they're pretty lenient about the start time. I might get in later than that, but yeah, I may work till seven, eight or nine. And, uh, it kind of never stops because, you know, I'm on Twitter and I have my own website, so I'm always getting asked questions and I'm always writing something for somebody. So, but that's great. I mean, I, I can talk about this stuff all day and it's definitely my number one passion. And, uh, like I said, I like, Love meeting guys like yourselves and uh, sharing the information, sharing the wealth. That's cool. I think Raj and I can can relate. Not on the same scale that you can in terms of, of how busy you probably are with editing, but this is all we really do every day. And, and either we're writing an article or we're at the gym working with someone or we're writing programs for somebody across the world. And we pull long hours sometimes, but it's not really work when you when you enjoy it so much. So, Absolutely. I actually want to chat a little bit about uh, your transformation with Jason uh, Ferugia, is that how you initially kick-started your, your physique awesomeness? Was that like, all right, let's do this? Because I think a lot of people would like to hear hear about that a bit, just to see how that Yeah, works. I think there's a little misconception about that. I think a lot of people think that like I was in horrific shape before that, and I never worked out <laughs> a day in my life until two years ago, which is not at all true. I mean, I've been doing this job for 10 years, and I'd kind of been all over the, the map as far as my weight. Like I was always a skinny kid and I, you know, it took me years of bulking up to get up to 240 pounds. And then, uh, but I was kind of a flabby 240s. You can see in those before photos on my site. 
And uh, I'd experimented with veganism, and I'd done a lot of different programs, and I was kind of, I just in a rut and not looking my best and not feeling my best. And I said to Jay, like, let's just do a transformation. You know, it would be, it'd be, you know, he was a friend of mine, so I was like, this will help, you know, get more attention for you and your methods, and I'd like to do it for the magazine. It'll, you know, I was thinking of starting a website anyway, so I thought this would be a good way to drive some traffic, get my name out there. And so I said, you know, let's do this in, in 12 weeks. And, you know, busted my ass, and I lost 35 pounds, and that was great. And uh, after that, I kind of went back and started doing my own things again, and started getting fatter and feeling weaker, and then I, I came upon the car backloading, and uh, it resurrected me once more. You just you just keep getting resurrected. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the more I uh, I stick to myself and listen to my own advice, the more uh, I kind of fall off the mark when I get somebody else to kind of slap me around and uh, you know refocus me. I do a lot better. <laughs> I think that's true for all of us. I think I think we all kind of get in that that rut and we think that we know everything and we try to coach ourselves and it usually doesn't work out too well. Yeah, you're always your your own worst coach. Yeah, it never it never works out. Like your mind knows what you're trying to do, and it's like, oh, you're silly. You know what's going right. to happen, but you're going to try this again for the ninth <laughs> time. Okay, I'll I'll go along with it for a little bit. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then we always end up calling each other and saying, "All right, man, can you can you write me a program? Can you can you do my diet for me?" <laughs> yeah, I mean the best guys in the world. I know this for a fact. The best coaches and, and trainers and athletes in the world, you know, they, they may be well capable of writing their own stuff, but they always they almost always ask somebody else to write their workouts for them because you just you need that outside perspective. Yep, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of cool to you know have someone else to report to and and have to say, hey, look, this is what I did this week, or this is what I didn't do this week. It kind of keeps you accountable. So, well, I mean, is there anything anything else you want to cover regarding car backloading? Like any uh, misconceptions you want to clear up for the the listening audience out there? Any quick tips? Anything? I mean, I, I go into a lot of depth in this on my website. If people want to check it out, it's seanheisen.com, or if it's easier to remember, fitnessdistilled.com will also take you there. Okay. I have this new ebook out. It's a free ebook. I reviewed uh, the backloading book by Kiefer and, and it just a ton of other programs in there, which people can download, like I said, for free. Check it out. It's on my site, and you will get 150-odd pages of just in-depth analysis on all these programs. So if you have any questions about what you want to do with your training this year or you know whether this program is worth the money or not or what it's really like, check it out, and I guarantee you the answers are in there. I actually downloaded that, and, and for anyone listening, it, just, go, just go get it. It's a free PDF, and there's so many training programs in there. You, you'll, I mean, it's a great resource, so definitely check it out. Yeah. Cool. Well, Thanks. I think that <laughs> I think that about wraps it up, man. But you know, you know, I, I just want to speak for JC too. Thanks so much for coming on and, and chatting with us about this because you know we were not as as educated on it as well. So you know, not only are our listeners finding out more, but we're learning as well. So definitely appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, like I said, you should definitely hear it from the source. Uh, we'll uh, hook you up with Kiefer, and, and he'd be ready to interview for you as well. He can get into all the nitty-gritty of the science and, and why it works. I, right now, I'm just happy to know that it does work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. Again, we had Sean Heisen on today. Make sure you check out his website, seanheisen.com. We'll leave that in the notes. And please subscribe via RSS or check us out on iTunes. And until next time, peace. Peace.